Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Welcome, people. We'll wait. We'll give it about four minutes um, before we kick off. But say hello to Henry. Hi, guys. It's Henry here. Um, And so if any of you joined us last week, last week we were focusing on more on Ebster sales process. um, And the feedback was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But people were asking more questions about how, I guess, how we run sales. And so then we spent some more time thinking about actually what is the process of it improving sales processes and that obviously led us over to the the role and the school of thought in sales operations which is something that Henry has had a passion about for a while am i right yeah you're somewhat right i think my my knowledge of sales ops i kind of fell into the role when i joined Ebster mm. both as a sales manager and i i have to take on the sales ops role to be able to make the sales side of the business function which is a very important point that we're going to cover in that actually the head of sales or sales manager or sales team leader is doing sales ops, even though they don't call it sales ops, if the company is not at a certain point. You know what sure, I mean? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's definitely becoming a bigger role in a business as time goes on. And why is that? I've, I'm interested in this. Well, I, I mean, I think it's becoming a bigger role in the UK. Hmm. But why? Yeah. Like, well, why now? Like, why have it... Because people know that that they have to be more systematic about the way that they approach sales. Mm-hmm. They have to have a repeatable formula, and they need those people in the business to be able to drive it through. Uh, but why not ten years ago? Well, I think these people have always existed, mm. but they've been doing their own thing, and, and I think only now we're putting a label on on this on the role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess the head of sales or the VP of sales was always doing this. Um, one of the I've been reading about it today, and one reason is that this explosion of sales software and sales enablement basically means that if you don't have someone trying to improve the sales process, all of your competitors are doing it with all these new tools. And so sure. you're going to get left behind. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense? Sweet. And what are we doing for time? One minute. Okay, we'll start one minute. We'll run for about 25 minutes. Um, to kick off, we'll be talking about sales operations more generally. Um, 
what it is, who it is, when when you do it. Uh, and then Henry has some kind of best practices that he's learned through his career. How long have you been kind of doing sales operations? Well, I, I think I've, I mean, I've been doing it for some years, ever since I kind of moved into sales. I was always in a position where I was having to kind of define where the business was going and what the systems were that we were using. What, so you, it was almost like you've always had a sales yeah, because I've always worked in organisations where where we had to go in and I could affect change mm. and we could actually change stuff for the better. So not just selling, but changing, improving the system. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always, nearly always been in that kind of role where I can implement some kind of difference. Sure, cool. Um, so that's like twenty five years, right? No, it's more like I had probably five to six years that you've been. Okay, yeah. Because I actually saw on your LinkedIn, you you have a background in operations, right? And they moved to that. That's right. Yeah. So I used to organise large corporate events and sports mm. before that. So yeah. I suppose, and I was actually a platform owner at that time. So I, I used to run a Salesforce platform as well as organise events. Mm. It's kind of a unique role. But and, I mean, it's so great that we have you here on the call because we have someone who sells, but someone who has operations experience. Yeah. Well, hopefully it applies. You know, it hopefully it helps. And I'm also a Salesforce administrator. <laughs> really? Yeah, I am. How does that? How does the Salesforce administrator role uh, compare? Or well, I think I think they they are interested with the how well the Salesforce platform is run mm-hmm. and all the apps that go with it. Yeah, that's Whereas, part of sales operations. Yeah, I mean, the, there are there are lots of lots of businesses that have the, those roles overlapping. Mm-hmm. So you'll find that sales ops can definitely span over a CRM platform owner yeah. because they are kind of similar roles, especially yeah. when you talk about CRMs like Salesforce, where yeah. it's kind of a one-stop shop plus some apps mm-hmm. um, added in. But we'll get into that. We'll get into Because we're going to start now. Um, so welcome, everybody, for watching. Thanks so much. If you have any questions, Henry, it might actually be good if you log into chat. Okay. Do you have a webinar Ninja login? Um, yes. We're not doing this last minute, everybody, by the way. Um, you can ask Josh for the password if you need it. Okay. Um, okay. So Henry will be, will be manning chat, or Henry and I will be manning chat. Um, if you have any questions during the process, simply ping them in the chat box. Me or Henry will answer them either as we go or at the end. As I said, we're going to run for about 25 minutes, and it's going to be me and Henry. Uh, both talking, first I'll kick off, Henry will jump in, and then Henry has those tips at the end. Um, but it's really trying to address, or trying to demystify this role that I don't think has always been clear about what this person does or what their person's role is. And so we've been thinking a lot about it. Um, and what we have here today is kind of the results of everything, of this whole thought process. He has to log into me. Cool. So what we're going to be covering, um, first, what is sales operations? I have a number of definitions, and then I have my definition, which I think gives the most kind of easy to understand way of understanding what sales operations actually is. Why do sales operations exist? Who is sales operations? When do you need it? And what does it actually do? And then we're going to be handing over to Henry, who has some best practices. So I like to be to be honest, I have a background in operations, in project management and operations, and then also five years in online marketing, um, which is kind of like selling but one to many as opposed to one to one. Um so I would actually say that I'm have more experience in like marketing operations, right? 
And so I spent a lot of time since joining as business to try and understand what sales operations is. I've come across all these kind of different definitions that you see here on the screen. The team responsible for making friction. And I actually think all of these are pretty good. Free the sales team to focus on selling and equip them to sell as efficient as possible. Think of it this way. Your sales professionals are like a team. I really like this one at the bottom. Your sales professionals are like a team of thoroughbred racehorses. They might be incredibly powerful and experienced, but without the guidance of a jockey, aka self op pro, they won't move as efficiently to the finish line. Would you agree with that definition? Yeah, I think there's some truth in that. As long as they're not like donkeys who are trying to make you resources. <laughs> uh, so you have to start with some, some raw talent or raw ability. Yeah, I think, I mean, that you can coach people um, a long way towards making them race, uh, proper resources. Sure. Okay. Um, it's usually the manager's fault if the salespeople aren't succeeding. If you've hired correctly. Yeah, definitely. And it's also the, the, the manager's job to hire, though, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Um, so all these are great, but I actually think there's a better way of understanding sales arts. I haven't talked you through this yet either, Henry. So, um, And it comes from a book. Have you read The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People no. by Stephen Covey? Basically, at the start, he talks about uh, this fable, which <laughs> is about a man who has a goose the lays golden eggs. And the story basically goes that the farmer has his goose and one day he lays a golden egg. Uh, but then he, he waits for some time and the next day he lays the golden egg as well. And the goose keeps on laying golden eggs every day. And the farmer knows that if he just has one golden egg per day, he's going to be rich and he's going to be fine. He starts getting really rich. But then what he does is he, because he gets really, really, or he focuses too much on getting the golden eggs, he kills the goose and can only find one golden egg inside the goose uh, and he killed the thing that was making him all the golden eggs and so the analogy that i'm making here <laughs> is that your sales team your sales team's productivity almost is the golden egg and then the sales operations team are more like the goose and it's the what stephen covey calls it production capability e.g the goose versus production which is the egg and so what the what we have to do as sales operations is ensure that we keep producing the golden eggs. And we do that by uh, many different things that we're going to be going through in this webinar. But ultimately, all we're there for is to help the sales team drive more revenue, e.g. more eggs. Does that make sense? That's a great analogy. Is that a really good analogy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So whenever anybody anybody here, if, you ever, if as you're watching, um, and anybody ever asks you again in the future what sales operations is, don't give them this like rubbish definition. Just remember the goose that lays the golden eggs. Okay. Because if you don't have sales operations team, you won't get as many golden eggs, or, or, or you'll go or you basically stop getting the golden eggs. And so that's the way I look at sales operations, is if you're there to empower and make sales uh, more efficient and make your sales team happier, uh, and that's your core role, and that's how I understand it. So I hope that's a useful definition for everybody. Um, next, we're going to move on to, to while sales operations exist. And again, we're going to be going into like the whole, an equation actually that I made up just as I was trying to think about the best way to communicate uh, why this group of people exists or why this operation exists. And that is, if we were like, and bear with me, this gets a little bit mathematical, but really basic, isn't it? You saw this earlier. Let's just say a sales team without a sales operations person or team. And just remember that sales operations 
If your company is below, we'll go through this, but if your company is below a million in revenue, then you won't necessarily have a dedicated sales ops person and it'll be the sales manager uh, who will actually be doing the sales ops. So there's, there's always people doing sales ops stuff, or there should be, but it won't necessarily be a team or a person. It could just be someone's time. Um, and so let's just say we have a sales team that doesn't have sales ops and it's generating Y in revenue and says a million pounds. Um, but then in a parallel universe, you have a, a sales ops resource or a sales ops team, let's just say one sales ops person, that sales team then generates X amount of revenue, let's just say 1.5 million pounds. Um, so if we then take those variables minus X, um, we're assuming here that sales ops, sales with sales ops is going to generate more revenue. Um, a new variable, which is Z, which is the difference, which is the amount of money the sales team will make with sales operations resources as well. Um, and so then what we have is Z, which is essentially... Oh. oh, I can see Henry. Can you change the view, how the verbiage screen larger and the larger than the video of us oh, So basically, hey, Casey, hey, Matthias. Okay, cool. Basically, our face is too big. Too big. Yeah. Too okay. Cool. Yeah. We 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 will change this now or attempt to. Oh yeah. That's a very good point. We can only change the layout to. This. That's much better. That better for uh, Casey, Mateus, Christian. No. No, that's not better. How about this? People on the chat, is that better? Anybody watching live? Okay, I'm just going to assume that this is better. Um, and we're going to jump back into the slides. Is it better? Okay, sorry, guys. We should be all good now. Uh, yeah, that's better. Thank you, Mike. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks. Sorry about that. Awesome. Um, okay. Back to my, my equation. So sales without sales ops generates Y in revenue. Sales with sales ops generates X in revenue. Uh, so if we get Y minus X, we have this new variable called Z, which is the amount more uh, that the sales team is generating with sales ops present. And so what, what we essentially have here, I'm not sure efficiency gain is the right word, but we have an uplift in revenue due, due to sales ops, and which is also kind of the budget that the sales ops team has to fit within, right? If the sales ops team, so if Y is 1 million and X is 1.5 million, that means Z is, is 500,000 or half a million. Um, the sales ops team can't really be costing more than half a million pounds because otherwise then the sales ops team itself is making a loss. Um, and so what we have is Z must cover the investment in the sales team. Um, and so the difference we then have between Z and this new variable um, is the uplift or the profit, let's say, that the sales ops team is generating. Henry, is that an overly simple way of looking at this? I think it's a pretty simple way. I think you're, you're basically trying to say that, that, a, that a sales ops person in the business is, is the beating heart. They are, they're the one that keeps the boat moving and everyone ticking along. Yeah, you put for the sales team, not for the whole business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but then again, sales is what powers the whole business. True. So uh, you, you, could put, you could put sales ops down to run the whole business. <laughs> I guess as a sales op, sales manager slash operating sales, you would say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, this is why sales operations exist now is because it's actually profitable for a business 
once they reach a certain five, to have people working on the sales process and helping the salespeople, helping them sell more. Um, so actually another analogy is, you know how if you have a theater production or you have a film and you have the actors who are like the staff and they get paid as the money, but then behind the scenes, you have the producer, you have the director. and we, Absolutely, yeah. That's another good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're just banging them out today, aren't we? Yeah, I've done two. Did you have any? No, I've got any. Okay, cool. So, so that's how, um, that's, that for me is the simplest way of understanding why sales operations exist. Um, bear with me, because I know we have a lot of sales operators on the webinar. Bear with me, guys. This is a bit basic. We're going to, should get a bit more detailed, especially when we get to Henry, who is a sales operator himself. Um, so who is sales operations? Um as we alluded to, right now in EBSTA, we don't have a dedicated sales operations resource. No. Um, but as we scale the sales team, we potentially will have a dedicated sales operations resource. Yeah, I think so. I think as we bring on more salespeople, mm -hmm. there will be a need to. Mm -hmm. Partly because if it falls on myself to do lots of those decision-making, lots of the training, I have a certain amount of time in my day and yeah. I don't have time to do everything. And also, it needs someone else to stand back, actually, and look objectively at the business and try and make decisions. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's just it's just time and availability. I think, uh, you know, we have someone in the business who's who's owning the CRM platform, which helps with, you know, modification in that fashion. Yeah. But uh, all the training and all the, the process stuff kind of falls mm -hmm. on my shoulders. So, so right now, for people watching, Henry is the, the head of well, sales manager. That's right. My, that's my role. Um, and so... I think or the, a slide we have shortly shows that actually when a business gets to 1 million in sales, it's at that point, uh, they would have a dedicated sales operations resource. Now, we, like, I was going to give too much details about that, but we're above that, right? Yeah, we're multiples of that. Yeah, yeah um, but we still don't have. Why do you think that is? Well, I think we've had, I think we've had a good degree of success without having that role mm. in place. Yeah. But if we want to take it to the next level, I think the time will come where we need that person. I totally agree. Do you think that the ratio between sales operations and uh, like a ratio between the amount of sales people that a sales operations person can support? No, I think, I think the grid you've got on the, on the next slide is relates to the amount of ARR. Um, I, I mean, in a business, usually when it gets to 20 to 30 seats, you end up with a Salesforce administrator. Mm. So, you know, you could you could take it at I don't know ten to twenty salespeople. Mm -hmm. You probably need to have someone working full time. Yeah. Um, on their sales effectiveness. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that when EFTA scales, like it, it could be soon if EFTA. I'm not sure if we'd wait. Being there, don't wait. Wait too. Don't wait too long. Like <laughs> Matthias, I it would actually be great to have if you have any more like details about when you when you did. Like if you're that sales operations person or when the business did, e.g. at what number of salespeople, that would be really useful to put in the chat. Um, because I think actually before, we'd have a full-time sales operations person before we get to 30,000 people, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. More, more like 10 to 20. Yeah. 10 to 20, cool. But Matthias, it'd be great to hear from you. Um, okay, so who is sales operations? What we have here, oh, here we go. First ops person, and it took four to five years. But how many salespeople, Matthias? Yeah, how big was the team before you added one? Yeah, which was Matthias. He was yeah. the first. Um, so I just outlined on the slide the four kind of different sales operations roles. And again, it's not like 120. Wow. 
That's incredible. Matthias, I'm not envious of your job. So, Matthias, it'd be really interesting to hear your point of view on this because um, is that 120 in the sales, all sales, okay? 120 wow. in the sales team. That is serious. Maybe we should get Matthias on the webinar. It sounds like we should. <laughs> Ma- Matthias, was there a lot of process in in your in the business before you before you came on board and did that role full time? I'd be really interested to find out. Cool. Okay, Matthias, we'll be in touch because uh, that could be an amazing kind of guru as needed. Um, anyway, back to the slides. But yeah, we'll be in touch. That could be super interesting to get you on. Um, so yeah, I've just outlined four different sales operations roles. But again, it's not black and white, right? Currently, we have Henry who's doing everything on the slide, um, but they kind of grow in responsibility. Um, on the next slide we have, it kind of outlines how the team will grow. Um, but ultimately, they can even be a whole VP or director of sales operations. That's not a VP of sales. That's a completely different role. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ratio I, I've been doing from research, and I've kind of seen that the ratio that Henry mentioned, like one failed up full-time resource for every 10 salespeople or 10 accounting executives is about right. We'll see on this slide. Um, so that basically means if you have a sales team of like 1,000 people, no, I'm saying I'm saying maybe you probably on um, if your sales team is a size of ten to twenty, then you may want to start bringing on that type of role. Mm, so okay. not 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 for every ten people. Yeah, because that would even mean for every hundred salespeople you've got ten. Yeah, which may be the case. Yeah, well, not not in our business. No, not not sure. quite in our business. Sure, I'd hope not. Otherwise, you must have all sorts of different processes for that to be yeah. for that to be real. Because then you'd actually need a sale, an operations team for the sales operations. Yeah, that would be. Oh, no, we should be doing a webinar on sales operations operations. <laughs> Anybody in the chat have any experience with sales operations operations? That would be really, really, really good to chat about. <laughs> um, cool, okay. Um, so, yeah, we've been speaking about this. Um, Matthias, I believe, is probably slightly later than what this slide suggests. Uh, the source is saleshacker.com. Um, so it's basically saying that one million over 1 million ARR, um, you may have four account effectives and two FDRs. And it's at this point, you'd have a technical operations person, someone managing CRM with advanced Excel skills and reporting on analytics commission and giving input on growth. But then when you get past that, um, when you have more AEs and FDRs, then we would potentially need this technical operations person, but then also a sales effectiveness manager um, who would do all this, this other stuff for the sales team. Um, so we're kind of in this area right here, Henry. Mm. Product market fit is confirmed, agreed. Um, and we're kind of, we're currently hiring for, for BDRs, we call them. Yeah, BDRs. Cool. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I think, you think, let's say, here's a question for you, Henry. If tomorrow we hired five more BDRs and two more account executives, mm. Do you think if at that point we would? Yeah, I think I think we'd probably start to think about that role. Yeah, cool, awesome, man. Really look. Imagine if we had like a maybe we'll get Matthias to come work. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And then after that, uh, this is when you need, or you'd be looking at the sales operations manager, director, um, to do some more complex kind of work where we're looking at all this different kind of, mm. and that's I mean. Henry, any of your tasks at the moment through this slide at the bottom of the bottom right box? Are you doing any of that at the moment? Yes, but uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. So we, yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, you, the thing is, we're not splitting up things like territories. Mm. Uh, we do obviously comp plan designs. Yes, yeah, sales process enforcement. 
yeah, I mean, lots of those things come in a lot earlier on. Yeah. A lot earlier on. I mean, you can see it up there, head of sales, mm -hmm. skills onboarding. Cool. Stuff. Got it. Okay. Moving on. If we're going too fast, anyone just to say, or if we're going too slow, tell us to hurry up. If you have any questions, also just ping them in the chat. Um, so what does sales operations actually do? Henry, why don't you try and answer this before we, uh, before we move on? Wait, in one sentence? Yeah. So I think they provide the framework by which they can enable salespeople. So the thing with salespeople is you have to maximize the number of hours they have during the day to actually work effectively. Yeah, which is to do their job. Mm. So anything that can get your salespeople to that point whether that be more training or systems, mm -hmm. um, it's implementing in that, that in the business, being able to push it through. Yeah, sure. Awesome. So I just have so a list of different things, but the, I, I wouldn't kind of focus on the list. What I would look at is, what I actually found quite interesting, is you can split the task a sales operations person is doing between two different areas, like something of tactical, to spell that right, yeah, and it's strategic. And so I was actually reading in the Harvest Harvard Business Review article earlier how there's a big challenge right now when hiring sales operations resource in that they need to be have both of these sets of skills, like being tactical, doing stuff to help sales be more effective, but also being strategic about how you can, in the longer term, change things in the process to enable salespeople to sell more to create revenue. Um, and so I've kind of split all this, this stuff out into tactical and strategic to make it clear for people. Um, and there's actually an example here on this next slide. And um, we'll go back to the one in a second. But here's a real example from a job description mm. of a sales operations role for a global healthcare business. And you can see here they want someone who's very strategic, but also very operational. And this is a big challenge because these types of people have to think in different ways. And often it's hard to get someone who can do both of these. So the, I just highlighted this as a challenge for sales operations people at the moment, and also for sales directors who are hiring sales operations people, because mm -hmm. maybe you need someone who's operational and can really help sales people improve processes, like on a micro level. But then you also need, like, maybe a sales operations manager who's more strategic. So I find that quite interesting. Yeah, and they're also they're also they can tend to be a a shoulder to lean on who is their sales manager. So uh -huh. because the, the sales ops person is. The people that I've mixed with who are sales ops managers, they um, they tend to be people that that the salespeople come to mm. if they have a if they have a certain issue. Yeah, because they're not they're not going to necessarily recommend yeah. them. They're going to try and help them and, come yeah, and train yeah. them. Do you think that um, because I know you have said you, like you're a salesperson, right? But you also have operations experience. Do you think it's good for a sales operations person to have sales experience? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think most uh, well, lots of people I've met have moved from one side to the other so i actually know some sales people who have moved from sales ops across into sales mm. and vice versa mm. so um yeah i think the skills are really important because then you know what people are going through yeah sure you can actually be human i actually think we could do a webinar on hiring sales operations people okay when we get some people on to talk about yeah yeah probably sure well we're going to get matthias on okay. <laughs> um okay cool so now I'm going to hand over. Henry has been doing this job, right, essentially. Um, so he's going to share three things that he has found that are important sure. when you're looking at failed operations. Yeah, let's do it. So they're not really hacks. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the word hack. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I think it's, it's just such a modern term. Mm, I think, yeah. I think uh, that there's nothing new with what I'm going to tell you. It's, um, 
The yeah, first one is the, more, it's more like three failed operations fundamentals. Yes, yeah, fundamentals really. So um, the first one is to automate your key processes. So what is it you can do, like I said earlier, to uh, to give more hours back in the day? What well, what are the things that can be done uh, to enable salespeople to be able to sell more? So whether that be implementing a CTI solution or uh, integrating mail into Salesforce or your CRM. Uh, just you know, those workflows inside the CRM are they actually are they actually set up in a way that means that people can get on with doing their work? You know, how much time and effort has actually gone into building those workflows? So you're saying that you're going to get software to do a lot of the tasks that normally your salespeople would do, and that's going to give them more time to sell. Yes, it's things like you know, looking at the fields that people are being made to fill in in their CRM. Are they are those fields that they are filling in? Are they actually critical to the business? Are you actually running reports on that data? If you're not, and it's not really critical, just don't do it. Yeah. And you can use certain tools that can tell you things like how often fields are being used in the CRM, you know, and cutting down page layouts to get rid of fields that aren't being used. If fields are being used 5% of the time, should you really have them on a page layout? It's, it's all those small things that just mean that you can speed up people's you know when, when when users input information into crms is there any way that you can just make it much easier for them because because salespeople inevitably hate putting stuff inside the yeah. crm they want to just do their job which is so. to sell and spend their time on the phone or a screen share or and then a meeting. but a sales ops person might be like well it only takes you like two minutes to do it and, but then in reality if it's two minutes three times a day for 100 salespeople, then well exactly i think i think um yeah, Matthias, don't forget about data that might be relevant for reporting. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Matthias. I think, yeah, I mean, I think a sales ops person is is definitely in the position where they're not quite the the platform owner. So they platform owners can be can be very black and white and they might implement a change that doesn't flow well with a salesperson. Um, and so the sales ops, you know, person, they're there to enable that sales effectiveness. So um, so they can kind of be the go-between to manage that process. Um, so next, next kind of life hack, yeah, <laughs> um, is to specialize your reps. So you should be splitting out reps into uh, teams of BDRs, AEs, getting to specialize on um, what? Well, I guess it's a different part of the sales funnel, or a different mm. territory, or a mm. different vertical. You know, once they're ver- if you sell across lots of different verticals, having people specialize in a certain vertical means that they're they're speaking the right language. Mm. They've sold to the type of customer before. And it's really, it just comes back to focus, just getting people to focus on on what is important and getting their skills down to be able to sell to a certain set of prospects. So the more specialized a salesperson is, over time, they'll get better at doing it. Exactly. And you'll find that the people who are always crushing their number, it, they are, they probably found their niche. They found their thing that they're good at selling and they will just repeatedly do that and they can spot the good opportunities that come in and they will... And that's how they work. So if you can get everyone to specialize and be good in a certain vertical or a certain territory, then then make sure that happens. Great. And then the final one is to prioritize accounts. So give your users a, a list of accounts that, that they should be going away to focus on. Sometimes, obviously with CRMs, we have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of records in there. And the problem is, is, is is actually digesting all that information. So again, it's about focus and your good salespeople will see the good accounts, maybe try and work on those because they can spot them a mile away and your 
lower performing people might be picking up accounts that uh, are actually a dead end. And the good salespeople can spot that a mile away. So, mm. uh, but it's it's a, it's about balancing it. So you've got to split down your accounts, and you've got to get people to be working intently on lists of accounts that you provide. Got it. Try not to let them have too wide a range. Yeah. Because otherwise, it just it, it's just about focus. Sure. Second. So, quick quick summary of the three life hacks. Uh, so, I think I mean, I think to summarize them. It, I think I think it's really about focus, mm. and I know nice. that that is my single. That's how I'm going to wrap them up. It's mm. about focus, yeah, nice. If that makes sense, uh, and just quickly outline how each of those can be summarized as focus. So, um, so I think by automating your key processes, it just focuses everyone's energy in yeah. the right place. Um, nice. Specializing your reps, that's about focus, mm. and uh, then giving them set lists of accounts, that's about focus. Nice. It's, uh, I, I kind of that's maybe oversimplified everything. No, 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 no. I'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, Matthias, you put some more notes on there about invoicing info GDPR. Yeah, really worth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We should actually probably do a session on GDPR. Should we? We should because it has a massive impact. GDPR and sales operations. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because I, sales ops have to be in charge of how mm. that's managed. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There, you heard it here first, guys. Focus is the most important thing for sales operators. Um, okay, that actually brings how oh, with two minutes, two minutes remaining. So that kind of brings us to the end. Um, a few people they haven't asked, we haven't been asked on the chat today, but I've been asked a few people on email today about like why, what, what is the episode and why are we talking about sales operations. Um, so what I did actually just before uh, this meeting is put together a slide. Have you seen this? Um, so this is a diagram of all the different things the sales operations can do. And I've simply highlighted three areas that is kind of the like what EFSA does or why EFSA was born uh, is to help in those three areas. It's not pitched, by the way. I just wanted to make that clear to people who are asking like what EFSA does. Um, so in the technology area of the sales operations role, we can help with Adoption and customization. Well, actually, more adoption is a CRM, not necessarily customization. Data management and reporting and task automation. Now, we're not going to go on and explain what EFSA does, um, but if you are interested, or if you do want to talk, say, uh, and we're trusted by many great companies because we're so amazing. Um, if you do uh, want to talk about sales operations or EFSA, then you can just ping Henry and Eamon. Ping me, or you can ping Tom, rather. Yeah. So Henry Peacock at or Tom Hunt at um, So we will be back next week with something else. Not like we kind of have a discussion on Sunday nights about what we're going to present on we, Thursday. We might have a guest. Yeah, yeah. We, a guest we, might be. Yeah, so, so, so we have Matthias, who's the single sales operator for 100 salespeople. That's going to be super interesting. We can make a really good headline. Yeah, really. Um, so we'll be back next Thursday. I think we're going to be doing these regularly probably around the sales operations piece that had the most resonance with our community that's what we actually quite like talking about i think and that's what henry does so we will be back next thursday same time we're is definitely got to come on so past 100 sales reps and one sales operations person is insane um so we'll be back same time every week um you will probably get an email inviting you uh, most weeks. Or if you just like to be default invited to all of them, simply just email me at and I'll make sure that we register you for each one. Uh, we will also be putting these videos on our site at some point. They're not at the moment, but they will be. Um, Henry, anything else to add? No, I'm just looking forward to the next one. Great. Getting some guests on. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Have everyone. a wonderful evening.
thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com. Thank you.